All right, from one cricketer to another, Sean Graff played for Australia, Victoria, Hampshire, and even Western Australia for a season where he won a Sheffield Shield title. I think it was about 1984. More recently, cricket people would know him as Victoria's long-serving GM of cricket. He helped build a dynasty in this state, which saw several titles across all different formats of cricket. And more than all of this, he is straight shooter Coons. He's also a dog supporter, and that's why we love having him Good on Sports Day. Graffy, welcome. Yes, uh, how are you going, uh, Tommy? Uh, Kearns, good. Great to be there. Yeah. Yeah, Graffy, um, before we talk about cricket, I want your honest assessment of Adam Cooney's footy, please. Uh, very talented. Played with the right attitude in a in most of the wrong era. <laughs> Do you agree, <laughs> Thank Coons? You. Thank you, Graffy. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that. Thank you. That's kind enough. You, you went down positive straight enough. I thought you might have gone the other way. Thank you. I appreciate that. What, 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 sort of footy, what sort of footy fan are you, Graffy? Um, did you play back in the day? Because obviously cricket's taken up most of your working life. Yeah, yeah, I played a little bit down there. I played down at the Peninsula and uh, played in a couple of flags in the morning in the League and... Uh, Really enjoyed it, but pretty came along, and uh, and I've already committed to go to England to pro uh, for a couple of years as well. So it sort of interrupted, but I played 150 games down there and uh, played in a bit of the league stuff, and uh, really enjoyed it. I was sort of fullbacks and up back, and then uh, then as I got older, I moved down the forward line. <laughs> That's the way it is, Coons. We, we will get into the uh, cricket stuff in a minute, but you just described yourself off air as a long-suffering Western Bulldog <laughs> supporter. You won the flag only a few years ago, Graffy. What were you doing on that day? Oh, mate, how many times did I turn on Football Inquest and we're on top of the ladder after round one? And then by about two weeks later, we're on the bottom and that was where we stayed. So I've had to put up with a whole lot. I hate the terminology, uh, you're my second team, because that means we are shit out. <laughs> I told you it's a straight shooter, Coons. So based on what you said before, Graffy, 150-odd games of footy, you know, full-backs and half-back, full-forward. Would you have considered yourself one of the earliest cross-code stars? Could you have made it had it been uh, a different era? Oh, look, I, I had a little bit of a bit of a, a chance to to play, uh, go to reserves and play uh, out there, and also VFA footy. But uh, um, my, my dad actually gave me some excellent advice. You'd like this. Uh, I had it, it was 1977, so a long time ago, when Morty Alec had gone up in the first division. Uh, Jeff Rosno was their coach. So he was a great uh, Geelong man. And uh, anyway, they asked me if I'd lay off me a game at fullback uh, after I'd played well in interleague game. And then on the Thursday night, Port. Um, uh, Dan rang me in and said uh, we'd offer you a game at fullback as well. And so I was in a bit of a quandary and I was going to England the next year to play cricket. And, and, but I often put money, to be quite honest, in those days. And uh, Anyway, I spoke to my old man who, who had played a little bit of footy and uh, he, he basically said, well, if you play for Morty Alec, who are you playing, who are you playing against on Saturday? And I said, I'd be uh, playing against Long West and I'm on Joe Rebellion or Peter McKenna. Right, <laughs> right. And, and he said, if you play for uh, Dan, or who you playing? I said, well, we're playing Port Melbourne. I'd be on free cook. He said, go home, tell him you want fifty bucks a game and stay there and go and play cricket. And that's exactly what I did. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I think you made the right choice in the end. And then you did float over to England. Tell us about your your cricket over there. Yeah, look, I was fortunate enough uh, went across there uh, as a young lad um, to Bristol, uh, which is the reason why Warning went there many years later because uh, I'd been there and got to know a whole lot of people and, and really loved it. And, uh, and went back many, many times and, and was fortunate enough to pro in the, in the minor counties as well with Wiltshire and, and with uh, Cornwall and Devon and then pro at Hampshire. And uh, so the West Southwest country was uh, brilliant. And uh, when, when Warnie came along, I wanted to go over and there was a couple of other guys, uh, Ricky Goff and a lot of St Kilda Cree Club guys have gone to the Bristol area. And sort of that all stemmed from when I first went over there. So... Uh, Great spot, uh, fantastic way to learn, have a life experience as well as, as play. Like, 
as you know, once you put your hand out for money, there's a lot more pressure goes on to you when you're the, when you're the senior pro, and uh, it really does teach you about pressure and how to handle it, and uh, and gives you a good inkling as to how you'd go, you know, back home, especially when uh, if, you, if you rose through the ranks. Graffy, do you think the county system is more likely to produce excellent Test cricketers than the Australian first class system? Uh, it just strikes me when you, that there's a lot of jaded county cricketers, a lot of military medium bowlers or blokes are average 35. Um, and the the first class system here is so robust, but there's also so few teams and, and there's that big gap in the middle of the season. I'm interested in your thoughts on the strengths and the weaknesses of the two countries in their first class systems. Yeah, look, look, their end result is the same. They still get, obviously, we get a lot of good players and they have their areas where they're highly successful, uh, you know, both countries. So, uh, but the, the Australian system is exactly the way you've described it. It's a lot more intense, uh, fewer games, Whereas the, uh, the the county system, uh, it's a little bit like you put on your instead of putting on your whites, you put it, it feels like you're putting on a set of overalls or a suit and you're going to work every day. So hence the reason why you do get a lot of mundane games. Uh, it's a lot of them just peter out to draws, uh, and a lot of times you, know, you see some of these amazing uh, scores and people hit hundreds of 25 balls and all this sort of stuff you know, at times and. And it's because uh, they, they bowl donkey drops and they don't care. Um, whereas in Australia, it's a, it's a little bit different. We tend not to try and do that. Uh, but but it's still a very vibrant game. And, and uh, it's amazing how uh, you know, the feeder system into their county side is, is their club cricket, similar to we, our premier club cricket as well. The intensity in our club cricket is so much higher than in, in their club cricket because they mainly play one day, they don't play any long-form game, yet they still produce test cricketers and still have successful eras. So whichever way it goes, it's a totally different system. Um, sometimes we go over, then we back. Just like you said before, you know, these little, little dobbers, there's military mediums uh, you know, going around, and, and we see them when they come out to Australia and play club cricket, and we think, how in the hell do they get a wicket? But it's all about horses for courses, and uh, when you go over there, we tend to bowl, certainly guys who bowl um, quick and, and, and medium, they, they tend to bowl a bit short early, so therefore you get a lot of players misses if you don't get them out. Uh, they're prepared to actually throw it up there and let you drive at the ball, and because of the conditions, the ball moves a lot more, so they do get the nick. So there, there's there's a bit of that. You know, Batting-wise, it can be very challenging, but it, it's so helpful for us, for our Australian players, to play in those conditions so that they can relate to that if they ever get a chance to maybe play higher over there at, at a future date. What sort of money can just the average sort of you know, guy with some reasonable talent make if they go over and play county cricket? Um, look, if, you're, if you're, you've got to have played first-class cricket uh, in, the, in the past three years, I think it is, and, and uh, you know, a lot of the Australian guys tend to get over there. Now, some, someone who is a good, solid um, shield player who's played a bit of, bit of cricket for Australia as well is, would be on £120,000, I suppose, all the expenses paid. Um, That's juicy. Uh, they would get uh, you know, business-class airfares over their accommodation paid for. They'd have a car with their name on it. So everyone knows exactly where they've been, uh, and uh, it'd be uh, and you've got you're basically playing five days a week. So there's very little expenses. So you actually, apart from your tax, you're, you're pocketing most of it. What What are your thoughts on the Mitchell Johnson v David Warner saga, and more broadly the role of former cricketers in the media? This sort of baggy green bond is it a thing? Yeah, look, I, I don't like it. Um, you know, it, but he's, you, once again, you, you're a journalist. You've got to report what you hear, and, yeah. and uh, you, you go out on a limb at times. I think I, I would have I would have toned it down a little bit, considering he's talking about his former teammates and he's played with them. Yeah. Uh, whether he's right or wrong, I you know I, I think there's a little bit in what he's saying, but 
I just don't know whether it was the right forum to actually go out there and, and, and really tear him to strips. Now, mm-hmm. I see uh, I see Pat Cummins has come out in, in his defence. And to be fair, um, at this point in time, no one's knocked the door down to take that spot. And he's still playing relatively well, uh, you know, in the white ball stuff especially. But um, in Australia, with the red ball, he, his record is very good. Um, and it's not a development side. Like, you, we're not out there to pick for the future as such. You, you're looking with an eye on the future, but you've got to pick your best side. Uh, you're representing the country. So therefore, I still think he's possibly the best player and the right player at the moment. Now, if if that was if you had guys knocking down the wall, it'd be a totally uh, door. You'd have a totally different uh, view on it. But I think at the moment he would, he mostly will get his wish and and play this series. But uh, you know, if he fails the first first one, who knows? Oof. But uh, no one's made a lot of runs. I don't know. Renshaw got runs today. I'm not certain. Yeah, he made a hundred. Yeah, hundred. Yeah, he got hundred. Well, he he certainly would be someone they'd have to consider. But not initially. I think uh, he'll get that first test, and then after that, I'd, I'd make a decision from there. So Renshaw, Renshaw's just made a good hundred. Who who would your first choice be? Look, I, I, I'm biased because I've seen Marcus Harris, um, yep. and, and he's and he's been on tours. Uh, he hasn't really been given a lot of a lot of help. Like he had that to, um, when India came out here a few years ago, and Boomer and Shami were bowling really quick. Uh, he got runs, but he didn't get big hundreds. He got he got himself a couple of sixties and uh, didn't nail the spot. So he's the one that that I think's been hard done by. On figures alone, though, Bancroft's been the one who's been the most consistent player in the country opening the batting, and he's he's a brilliant fielder as well. So they're the sort of things they'd be looking at. But I I still think the incumbent is who you select. I, I spent many years as as a selector and chairman of Selectors of Victoria. You tend to stick with the incumbent until someone um, takes their spot. And at the moment, no one's put their hand up to really take that spot. How do you rate the health of Victorian cricket, men and women at the moment? Yeah, look, I think I think the, the boys are... Uh, certainly there's a bit of talent coming through. Um, they're, they're playing well. You know, young O'Neill's just got five for a uh, pen for, I think, for the match. Uh, he's done well. Perry's there. I think Sutherland, someone is coming along quite nicely. Pukowski, hopefully, uh, is over his problems and, and will uh, then be able to you know, hopefully have a long stint at the crease and be able to get uh, big runs and push his claim again because he's got huge talent. From the women's point of view, they've been disappointing. We, we're, we're heavily uh, uh, got a lot, got a, um, a lot of Australian players uh, who are in, the, in, in that system, which means we do not always have our strongest team out there, and, and it does mean that we've got to look at our depth. And unfortunately, the depth hasn't been there over the, uh, the past couple of years. I think it's something that, uh, you know, I, I know Cricket Victoria are working on that, wanting to try and develop. But, you know, there's a lot more sport out there who are, you know, people don't realise how big AFL is in this, this state. And AFLW is huge now and taking a lot of talent out of the other sports or away from the other sports. So yeah, cricket's got a bit to do in that area in this state. Uh, and I, I think that uh, even though we'll still produce very good players that will play for Australia, whether we have the success from a team point of view, I'm not quite certain. 25 years at Cricket Victoria. You would have seen a few float through the door. Who's <laughs> the best you've seen with bat and ball? I, uh, I think we know who might be the best with ball in hand, but give us your, your two who you, just, you, you can't look past. Yeah, look, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a difficult one. I, Matthew Elliott was a, a fantastic player. Uh, Brad Hodge was also a, a brilliant player as well. Um, Dean Jones, you know, was was a superb. He was a trailblazer. Uh, and and then you, you you move on to you know um, David Hussey, someone who, who's you know an ex, was an excellent player, one of the one of the great players of Victoria, and Cameron White. But look, I think from a, a batting point of view, uh, pure um, technique and class. Uh, if only he had a 
just uh, maybe he, he would he would say that he just needed a little bit more mental toughness at that stage. But boy, oh boy, could he bat, and that was Matthew Elliott. From a bowling point of view, obviously the obvious one is Warney, but Warney didn't play with us a hell of a lot. Um, you know, we were we were have been very fortunate to have some fantastic quicks and 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 a, and a great spinner in um, Farwad Ahmed who who helped uh, win a lot of shields for us. Um, and and then in the quicks, having having Harwood and Nanus and, and Mickey Lewis, and then following up with Siddle and Pattinson and, and these guys, it was just uh, a dream. And uh, to be able to have call on those that sort of uh, quality of quicks and and having a quality leg spinner underneath them uh, was certainly the reason why we were able to dominate for a fair amount of the time for the last sort of uh, last fifteen years or so. I'm not for one second saying it's easy, but is. Why is the St Kilda Cricket Ground pitch for a lot of Shield games quite docile? Is there a way that we can juice it up? I'm not sure what's under the soil there, what the, um, I guess, environmental challenges are, but can you give us some, some insight? Yeah, look, it, is, it has been disappointing that it's been quite benign. I must say, um, the first game we played on it, which was uh, in February 2018, in actual fact against New South Wales, uh, we got a really uh, a good result, good game of cricket, good result. Barwood bowled him out in the last innings, which is the way it should be. Uh, he turned the ball. Um, the following year, we, we also had a really good game when Johnny Holland got wickets and, and uh, O'Keefe got wickets for New South Wales on the first day, and then we were able to actually win it late into the fourth day. So uh, there is we are able to do that, but unfortunately, um, we do prepare the, the decks maybe a little bit finally. Um, Brad Baptist is trying all different ways. Of a very good man. Um, He's a good man. Well. Yeah, he is a good man, and uh, he, he's he's trying to get it so that there is a result. It's a result wicket, but you've got to be careful. Um, there wasn't that long ago. If if you lost more than twelve wickets in a day, a first class day, you actually got front. Of, you had to go in front of tribunal in <laughs> cricket Australia as to what. Yeah, now, really? if you get if you lose sixteen to eighteen wickets in a day, they don't care a damn. So yeah. look, uh, you know, you can make an absolute shite to be quite honest, <laughs> and I think that would move the game forward, and no one would really question it. So, but because of his pride and his work, he doesn't want to do that. Yeah, twenty four wickets fell in the day at the SCG a couple of weeks ago, and that was unbelievable <laughs> watching. Uh, last one, yeah. Graffy, on a somber note, um, we've lost someone recently at St Kilda Cricket Club, and it's, uh, I, I think it'd be really apt if you could give him a little tribute. Yeah, look, Steve Wayne, uh, a lot of people wouldn't know him, but at St Kilda Cricket Club, he's very well known. Been was around the club for nearly 40 years in a role as general manager and administration manager. Uh, a, a really magnificent supporter of the St Kilda Cricket Club and an avid Tigers fan. Uh, unfortunately, he had a, uh, a long fight with prostate cancer and uh, unfortunately it did get out of, uh, when, before they had the operation, he had the operation. So he's been, he's been uh, challenged and uh, managing it for the last eight years, but unfortunately, uh, we uh, it got the better of him, and uh, look, he had time to say goodbye, uh, said goodbye to a few, and uh, it was, it's quite sad, but uh, in some ways it's mostly a blessing because he was in a fair bit of strife. So, uh, great man, Steve Wayne, rest in peace. Our thoughts are with Sue and the rest of his family as well. Graffy, we really appreciate your time. Um, you are a wealth of cricket knowledge. You are a straight shooter. I, I noticed a couple of swear words we might have to beep, beep out after this <laughs> in the future. But uh, And also your assessment of Adam Cooney's career was well, very nice. We'll see what you say. your ability with the keyboard there because a lot of people that do these shows haven't got a clue. No, no. Nah, nah, our boys at the back are very good. Robo and Tomo, they run a tight ship. Appreciate your time, Graffy. I'll speak to you soon. Okay, right, Tommy. Thanks very much. See you, Coons. Yep. Coons, I think he was fanboying you there for a second. <laughs> well, that's good. At least I've got a couple left. Yeah. Uh, Sean Graff, former Australian one-day international cricketer, shield-winning all-rounder, and more recently the GM of Victorian cricket. More sports day after this.